time, this doesn't look as attractive as it once did because you're fixing your eyes on the things of the kingdom. I'm just talking about a thousand that have a vision for their heart. They've got passion for God. They're leading intercession on their schools. They're set apart, consecrated under God. And they've got a vision and a mission for their life. Last week, we started just a two-week mini-series. Does anybody remember what the name of this series is? And it ain't stood up again, so don't be reading the screen. <laughs> it ain't right. The Dare. Everybody say, The Dare. All right, cool. And so the big dare was, the big challenge was centered around you having your God time. You spending time with Jesus outside of a Sunday morning, outside of a Wednesday night cadre, outside of leadership group meetings on Sunday evenings. You picking, carving out some time in your day. It's one of the four core values of DSM. It's passion, intercession, mission, consecration. But that first one, passion, that's what it's all about. Spending time with Jesus daily. And so that's the big charge. That's the big challenge for you to spend time with Jesus. So for the sake of whatever, no, no, no. If you, okay, if you are doing that or if you are already having God time daily, again, I just want to give you a pat on the back. I just want to encourage you as youth pastor today and just say, man, that is awesome. You are far ahead of even your years of so many in this generation. If you're not, this is a call to arms. This is a challenge. Will you fight for the heart of your King, like we talked about how we ended service last Sunday morning. So tonight we're just going to go a little bit, or this morning, we're going to go a little bit deeper. The dare week two, we're going to talk from this topic. If you're taking notes, you should have notes. If you have not received a handout and or you are in need of a pen, just slip up your hand real quick. So just, there's a few. So y'all just move quickly. Keep your hand real high. DLA leaders move really, really quickly and get them handouts and or pen if they're in your section. If you got it before service and you held on to it, good for you. That's awesome. So keep that hand out real high and they'll come to you. Thank you guys so much. Moving quickly on that. So you have a notes page. We're going to do notes because I felt like there was just so many different verses and so many quotes and, and sayings and those kinds of things. I wanted to kind of put that in your hand. If, you don't, if you're not having a quiet time, if you're not spending time with Jesus outside of church and you don't know where to start, then you can even take this handout, you guys, and just read through the various scriptures that are on that handout for you. You can read through that this week several times, even if it's just the same thing, and start praying this one scripture back to God. If you have your Bibles, if you turn to Psalm chapter 42, verses 1 through 5, that's what we're going to be looking at. Psalm chapter 42, verses 1 through 5. Five. It's a great passage of scripture. I'm going to read now the New Living Translation. Just want to ask again: Any of you love Jesus? Any of you love your Bibles? Anybody of you love the Word of God? What Jesus has to say to you? Okay, that's about half of you. Hopefully, by the end of this, even by the end of today, that your heart will be stirred and you'll make an intelligent decision to say. And I'm going to get more into the word of God. I want to be full of the word of God because I want to make a difference in my generation. All right, here we go. Psalm 42, verse 1 through 5. Here we go. As the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you. Oh God, I thirst for God, the living God. Where can I go and stand before him day and night? I have only tears for food while my enemies continually taunt me saying, where is this God of yours? My heart is breaking as I remember 
how it used to be. I walked among the crowds of worshipers, leading a great procession to the house of God, singing for joy and giving thanks amid the sound of a great celebration. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I'll put my hope in God. I'll praise him again, my Savior and my God. Bow your heads real quick as we pray. Father, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you that it is alive. I thank you that it has power. Thank you that it's not just a book that we are reading, but literally as we read the words of the Bible, they jump into our heart. They stir our hearts, God. May your word this morning stir us to a place of action that we would become better followers of Jesus. I pray for any who are not following Jesus this morning, Lord. Junior high students, God, who come time and time again or maybe coming for the first time who are not in a relationship with you. I pray that the words from the Bible will stir their hearts, bring revelation to them, show them how much you love them and what you want to do in and through them. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Cool. So I want to just kind of share with you guys just a little bit my own personal kind of story of wanting to get closer to the Lord. Many of you have heard a little bit of my story from Louisiana. Those of you who are new, Octavia and I just moved here about two and a half months ago now. Um, December, um, we got here to Colorado from Louisiana. Uh, I'm going to Oral Roberts University right now, working on a master's. Went to college before that, have an undergraduate degree. Was on the mission field before that. Um, Spent some time in India and also South Africa. And before before all of that, or in between those things, been working in full-time youth ministry for about five years. But before even that, in high school, after I met Jesus, after Jesus saved me and came into my heart and began having a relationship with me, gosh, I was so hungry for God. It was just like, man, you mean to tell me like God's not just up there like hanging out in the clouds and you know what I'm saying? Like God's like, God's not this far off being. You mean that God is literally wanting to be a part of my everyday life? Like even whenever I'm playing sports or even whenever I'm hanging out with my friends, like he wants to be there amongst us. Whenever I begin to realize that everything that Jesus Christ did on the cross was literally so that God could break into humanity because God never desired to be like way over here and for his people to be like way down there. The heart of God always from the beginning of the creation of humanity was for God to step down from the heavens and to come and walk and talk and breathe. And he says this, I want to be amongst my people. I don't want to be so afar off that they don't know me. They can't feel me. They can't see me. They don't know that I love them. So I want to be amongst my people. I mean, this, this is the heart of God. Literally, if we're all down here, God just wants to be all up in the midst of us. And, hey, how you doing? Man, I want to bless you today. I see that you're playing sports. Man, I'm coming to your game. I'll be there cheering on the sideline. I know that you're your heart is breaking. My heart is breaking for you. Never think that you're alone. You are not alone. I am here with you. Ooh. Okay, Michael Jack. So, so that's the heart of God that you would always know that you are not alone. You don't have to do life alone. You don't have to do your Christian journey alone. You don't have to be, you don't have to be alone even like at school or in your sports teams or athletic things or, or whatever it is that you do. Doing what you do, God doesn't want you to do it alone. Everybody, everybody understand that? 
Everybody say, I wasn't meant to be alone. No, 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 no. God says, I am right here in the midst of my people. I want to rub shoulders with them. I want to, I want to, this is so beautiful, you guys, the scripture in Hebrews that says, we don't have some great high priest. We have a, a priest, we have a great high priest who is moved with the feelings of our weaknesses, or our infirmities, one translation says. So that means whenever your heart is moved, so is the heart of God. Whenever you're having a bad day, God is right there with you saying, man, this is a bad day. I'm I'm, going to turn this around. Let me pour my love on you and remind you who you are in me. Does that make sense to everybody? So God always wanted to be that. And so, but unless you understand that, unless your heart is open to that reality, you can literally do life alone. Out of the presence of God, away from the spirit of God. And God says, why do that? And so whenever I discover that, I begin to become so hungry for Jesus. Like, I just wanted more and more of him. I mean, it's like, God, you want to know me? I want to know you too. It's good stuff. You know, tell me all about you and I'll tell you all about me. You want to hear about my day, God? God, I want to hear about your day. Like, what did you, you see what I'm saying? Like, so having this like walking, talking, breathing relationship with the uncreated God of the universe. It is yours for the asking. It is yours for the taking. And so I'm going to ask how many of you are actually taking God up on that offer. This is a deal that you just cannot resist. Okay. And we hear that a lot on commercials, man. You just can't pass up this deal. You cannot afford to pass up this deal. The God of the universe saying, I want relationship with you and not just at church, but in your everyday lives. Does this make sense? So begin to just be on that journey of, of seeking after Jesus and reading my Bible and praying. And I want him even still more today. About 10, 12 years into this journey, I still want more of God. Paul felt the same way. The book of Philippians, at the end, towards the end of his life, before he's about to die, he says, but for, for this, this is, what, this is what I desire. This is what I want. He says to know him in the fellowship of his sufferings, in the power of his resurrection. One translation says, I want to become progressively acquainted with the God of the universe. I want to know him. And it's so strange because Paul, if there's anybody in the New Testament who knew Jesus post, the, uh, the, besides the 11, the 12 apostles, it was Paul, right? I mean, he wrote half the dang New Testament. But towards the end of his life, he says, you know what? I still want to know God. I want to know God. There's an old gospel song that came out years ago. Fred Hammond wrote it. It says, um, just to be close to you. God, just to be close to you. Just to be close to you. It's my desire. The song went around the world. I mean, he made probably millions on that song. So simple. Just the words, just to be close to you, God. I want to know God. I don't know if that's your heart's desire. I hope if it's not that I'm provoking something in you to know the living God in this season of your life. Not three years from now, not even one year from now. Not five years from now, but today, the Bible says, today is the day of, this, of salvation. Today is the day for you to draw closer to God than you ever have before. That's my heart. And I want to challenge you for that to be your heart today. 
to follow after Jesus, to want to know God. Sometimes we can really complicate this. It's really, really simple, you guys. There's an old but revolutionary book called The Practice of the Presence of God. It was written by this monk named Brother Lawrence years and years and years ago, um, before, uh, before even I was born. Um, Brother Lawrence writes this. He says, men invent means and methods of, of coming at God's love. They learn rules and, and set up devices to remind them of that love. And it seems like a world of trouble to bring oneself into the consciousness of God's presence. Yet, it might be so simple. It's not quicker and easier just to do our common business wholly for the love of God. Or is it not quicker and easier just to do the common things we do simply for the love of God? So he goes on to say, common business, no matter how mundane or routine or boring, could be a medium of God's love. The sacredness of worldly status of a task mattered less than motivation behind it. He says, nor is it needful that we should have great things to do. We can do little things for God, people. I turned the cake that is frying on the pan out of love for him. That's what he did. And that done, if there is nothing else to call me, I just lay myself before him in worship. I worship him who has given me the grace to do work. Afterwards, I rise up happier than a king. It's enough for me to pick up but a straw from the ground for the love of God. That sounds so weird. It's like, I mean, just like really, you know what I'm saying? Like the little things that you do, you can do that out of love for God. Absolutely. And scripture even tells us this in all that you do, do into the name of God, do into the name of the Lord. So here's the deal, people. Everything you do, you, I want you to leave this place knowing that God is right there in the midst of it. That you can do it out of a heart of love for God. That was his bottom line. His bottom line was God is with you absolutely all the time. I think this is a fill in the blank area for you. God is with you all the time. Wanting to have constant friendship and relationship with you. So if you fill in those blanks. Wanting to have the first blank I think is friendship. And the second blank being relationship with you. Everybody say friendship. friendship. Everybody say friendship, friendship. and relationship. relationship. Both of those. God wants those with you. We just have to become more aware of his constant presence with us and start acting more like he's always around. I think if all of us were really honest, we do. I mean, we are, I mean, it's kind of sad to admit it, But there are some times whenever we do things, and I'm not even talking about sin or bad things. I'm talking about even whenever we're just doing the normal everyday things, watching TV or playing video games or hanging out with your friends, that you actually, we actually forget that God is right there with us. And even more so that he's interested in that part of you. I'm going to encourage you to fight the temptation, resist the temptation of putting God in a box. Like, here's my God box. You know, even if it's every morning, like that's my God time. And then everything else is like my time. Oh, no, 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 no. That's not how it works. You see what I'm saying? Yes, we want focused, intentional time with Jesus daily. But please know that every part of your life, God is interested in. Even the bad things, even the boring things, on the bad days, good days, whatever, 
God is interested in these things, okay? So don't get weird on me. You know, like, I'm not saying, like, whenever you come into DSM on Sunday morning, it's like, okay, Jesus, like, what row do you want me to sit on? Like, are you sitting here? Because I'll sit next to you in the second row. Like, versus the seventh or eighth row. You know what I'm saying? Or Jesus, like, should I eat ketchup with my fries today? I'm not really sure. Like, what would you do, Jesus? Like, like don't be weird. You know what I'm saying? Like, but what I am saying is that God is interested in the normal day-to-day activities of your life. And if you'll allow him to be God, if you allow him to be Lord over those areas, you'll get to know him a whole lot better. So the next blank that you have there, God is with you absolutely all the time. I want to give you some ideas that will up the God closeness factor in your personal life. So here we go. Stop. Big word here. Compartmentalizing. If you don't know how to spell that, you can look at the screen. It's in all caps. Big word. Stop compartmentalizing God. Whether you're laughing, talking, crying, or everything with the attitude that God is right there with you. Whether you're laughing, talking, crying, or everything, do it with the attitude that God is right there with you. Laughing, happy, sad, going to the movies, going to play a skate park, going to Taekwondo class. Whatever it is that you do, know that God wants to go there with you. Again, his heart is to be amongst his people. And if you'll capture this in this season of your life right here at this age, you'll get to know God a lot better. You'll be a whole lot closer to God than you ever will without doing this in this season, in this stage of your life. Stop compartmentalizing, whether you're laughing, talking, crying, taking out the trash, do everything with the attitude that God is right there with you. First Corinthians 10 31 says, whether you eat or drink, do it all to the glory of God. So even the simple things, do it all to the glory of God. The next blank you have there, I believe it's a pretty big deception. Deception is the word there to think that our times in prayer should be super different from the other hours in our day. It's like, okay, now I'm going to zone in on God. God, I am here to meet with you. This is my prayer time. I love you so much. You're awesome. However your prayer time goes with God. And then it's like, okay, like God, you're here, like right where this board is. And then, all right, amen. We're good. I'll see you tomorrow, God. And let me go. You know what I'm saying? Like, watch over me. Of course, like, protect me. And, oh, if I have a test, I, I want you to kind of intervene on that test, too. Like, you know, make sure and bring back to my memory everything I study, you know. Or, I mean, if my day gets really bad, then I really want you to kind of step in. But other than that, I'll see you tomorrow. You good? I'm good. Cool. Peace. See you out. Okay. And so, and so that's the way that many times we do life without God. I want to up the God closeness factor. I want you to know. And while we say that, oh, I know that God's always there for me. Well, he's not just like there for you. Like he's like your little genie in a bottle. You got to rub him the right way. Okay. No, it's, it's, he's there. He wants to be there with you and for you and in you to encourage you, to empower you, but also for you to just talk to him like normally. You see what I'm saying? I was driving my car the other day. It's a simple conversation. If all of your prayer times are just like the exact same, like that is so boring, like you're just missing it. There's sometimes whenever I talk to him, just like I'm talking to some of my friends. Yes, there are those times when I talk to him like the holy king that he is, like times of corporate worship, all of that. But then there are those moments out of relationship where I just say, God, you know what? 
I don't even understand what's going on right now. I don't know what you're doing right now. Man, this day is just horrible. Isn't this day horrible, God? I mean, I know. You're right here. With, you're walking through this day with me. It's terrible. And just talking to him in that fashion. Sometimes that's just how I talk. Just driving down the road. You know, Jesus, that was great. Oh, God, man, you really did a great job with the sun rise this morning. Ain't nobody can rise the sun like God. You know what I'm saying? Like, just, just telling him. You think he's kind of proud about his creation? You think he wants to hear stuff like that? Absolutely. Again, he is not this sage, like this far off, like God in the sky who's just like uninvolved with, with the dealings of, of you right where you are. I'm just saying have some casual conversations with the God of the universe. He wants to hear your voice. He loves to hear you talk. Guys, girls, right where you are, are so great. Send him a text message. I don't know how you can do that, but whatever. Like journal, I don't know. But we're so, I mean, just in our culture, I'm just trying to say, just even in the communicate, write them a letter. You know what I'm saying? If you like to chat all the time, well, just type them out a letter. Just say, Jesus, this is a letter for you, God. Save it on your computer. Will he read it? Absolutely. Come on. Simple things like that. Don't complicate it. Just want you to talk to God. Just want you to hear God's voice. Just want you to be close to God. Get into the habit of having lots of casual conversations with God in your mind throughout the day. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. This is Jesus speaking. I will never leave you or forsake you. So we may boldly say, or the author of Hebrews is actually quoting Jesus. He says, God says this, I will never leave you or forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. Helper, I will not fear. What can man do to me? So many times as you go through life, there are lots of different things that you can be fearful of. You can be fearful of people. Some of you are afraid of people. We're going to get you free and delivered of that. Whenever I come up to you and say, hey, how's it going this morning? Some of you are just like terrified, like, oh my God, I'm overwhelmed. You're going to get free of all that. You don't need to be free of, afraid of anybody. What can man do to you? You see what I'm saying? There's a God confidence that will come. There is a, the spirit of Christ on the inside of you that empowers you to be all that God has created you to be. Is this making sense to anybody? So again, get into the habit of having casual conversations with Jesus throughout the day. God, did you see that? God, did you, man, God, did you, uh, just whatever, just the most plain conversations about, God, that was a really hard class. I mean, I don't understand anything that's going on in mass classes that God, do you? I mean, of course you do. So can you just kind of impart some of that into me? You see what I'm saying? English, whatever it is, your, your math subjects, relationships, friends, God, you know they are treating me bad. I mean, aren't they treating me bad? Wouldn't you agree with me, God? I mean, what are you going to do about it? I mean, because, I mean, Psalm says, you take care of my enemies. I mean, you crush them. Having those casual conversations with the God of the universe is okay. As a matter of fact, I'm going to encourage you to. It's needed. Because then you begin to realize that, you know what? God is right here with me. God is my absolute number one best friend in the entire world, hands down. In addition to friends with skin on, God should be your number one. He should be the first person. He wants to be the first person you talk to for your goods, but also your bad. And also the boring that nobody else cares about. Half your friends don't care what you're saying anyway. No, I'm joking. You have good friends that care what you're saying. But honestly, every, in every friendship relationship, there are those times where it's like, okay, what are you... All right, like, all right, let's, let's wrap this up. Or even like texting, okay, I'm ready to move on here. God's never like that. God is never like that. He'll never respond to you in that way, you guys. So I'm just trying to say, 
He wants to be your everything. First person you run to, first person you share your good, your good with, your victories with, first person you share your battles and your defeats with. And you're going to have battles that, where you lose, you know? It's always going to be an uphill mountain. I got a song for everything. Sometimes you're going to have to lose. It's not about how fast you get there. Is that right? It's not about what's waiting on the other side. It's the climb. Okay, and so, so the big, what is that, Miley? Is that Miley Cyrus? Whatever. Don't act like y'all don't know what the Disney Channel is. Whatever. It was on American Isle. That's the only reason why I know it. Um, so so there, there are going to be those battles. I mean, honestly, she was absolutely right there. Sometimes you are going to lose. Sometimes you're going to have some days where it's just like, man, this, this sucks. And it's okay. And it's actually needed that he's the first person you turn to. I turn to you. Okay. <laughs> he wants to be your number one is what I'm saying. So for the next days, I dare you to pray these simple words. And I think this is on your handout. Lord, I want a secret, silent, running conversation with you throughout my day. In a cool way, God, make me lonely for you when I go for long periods without talking to you. Do you have that on your handout? Cool. Let's read it all together. Let's pray it all together. Okay, here we go. Uh, one, two, three. Let's say, Lord, I want a secret, silent, running conversation with you throughout my day. In a cool way, make me lonely for you when I go for long periods without talking to you. Okay, we start off kind of strong, just kind of died there. We're going to read this all together, however long it takes us. So pull out your little paper, okay? Get it in front of you. If you can't read, we'll just kind of just mouth it, okay? All right, so here we go. Here we go. So we're starting with Lord. So we're all going to say Lord together. Everybody say Lord. Lord. Okay, cool. We're going to say it all together, all right? Even the cool ones. You're so super cool, but God's cooler, okay? So here we go. One, two, three. Lord, I want a secret silent, running conversation with you throughout my day in a cool way. Make me lonely for you when I go for long periods without talking to you. How easy is that? You see, I'm just trying to remove every excuse, every lie from the enemy that would paralyze you in your journey of growing closer to Jesus I'm trying to remove away every bit of evidence, every bit of conviction that the enemy or condemnation or confusion that the enemy tries to put on you. Because if we're all really honest, we've all thought, man, this is just really complicated. I mean, I really, I don't know how to pray. I don't know what to say. I I mean, what, I don't really know. So I'm just not going to do it. And I am just removing that excuse out of your hand. I am snatching it from your heart. So you can leave here today empowered. You know, you don't have to wait until Sunday. You don't have to wait until Wednesday to come into the presence of God. Whenever you start praying to God, whenever he begins to be the first one that you run to, you talk to, you communicate with. God, I want a secret talent, run a relationship with you in a cool way. God, make me lonely for you whenever I've gone days without talking to you. Simple prayers, you guys. But if you read through the Psalms, the prayers aren't really elaborate. They aren't really cute. They aren't as powerful as even some of your prayers today. Some of them are just prayers where David says, God, my heart is breaking within me. I miss you. God, I want to be close to you like I once was. Come and fix what's broken on the inside of me. We complicate it. It's so easy. God, make me lonely for you whenever I've gone two or three days without talking to you. In Jesus' name, make me lonely for you. 
Does anybody feel that way this morning? Anybody want that to kind of be your prayer this morning? Come on. Make me lonely for you, God. 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. How is that commandment even realistic? It's by practicing the presence of God, like Brother Lawrence was talking about. This isn't a matter of switching God on and off. Instead, it's a matter of tuning in. Look at that. This is not a matter of switching God on. All right, prayer time, turning him on, turn him on. Worship time, turn him on. Worship time's over, turn him off. You know what I'm saying? Oh, hang out with my friends. Oh, turn that off, God. All right, oh, oh like quiet time. Okay, turn him on, turn him on. All right, God. Yeah, okay, that's awesome. Turn him off. It's a matter of tuning in at every single moment. Random moments throughout your day, tuning into God and saying, Lord, I know that you're speaking. I'm creating a moment where I'm going to actually listen to you. Does that make sense? Just want you to know God. Just want you to know and hear his voice. Two things usually cause all of us to pursue more of God wholeheartedly. One, a growing determination to know Jesus more intimately. Or two, And this is where a vast majority of our generation sits. Tough times. Everybody say tough times. Psalm 42, one says, as the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, oh God. Many of us have heard this scripture before. Everybody looking up at me. Many of you have heard this scripture before, but you probably, what you probably don't know is that a deer likes most to say by water whenever he's being hunted. By an enemy. You see, he knows that if he gets into the water, his scent will disappear. See, the more submerged he is in the water, the safer he is from his enemies. This could be the time in David's life when he is being hunted like an animal by Saul who wanted to kill him. David knew that the more submerged he was in God, the safer he was from all the armies that were hunting after him. The more submerged you are, in the presence of God, the more consistent you are in your quiet times, the more hidden you are from the enemies of your life, the more God strengthens and empowers you. You see what I'm saying? Overcome those temptations, whatever they are, whatever they are. So what's the big, what's the big thought for, for this morning? What's the big question of the day? Does it take tough times for you to get serious about getting closer to Jesus? Does it have to be whenever your family's being ripped apart? Does it have to be whenever something goes drastically wrong in the relational dynamics at school or whenever you lose a best friend or there's a car accident? Does it have to be those times? Does it take all of that for you to want to draw closer to Jesus? Or will you allow it to be a hunger to know God more? A hunger to know God more. I want to read Psalm 42 and I just want to kind of give you a visualization of where all of this is kind of going to this morning. As the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for you, the living God. When can I go and stand before him? Day and night, I have only tears for food while my enemies continue to taunt me saying, where is this God of yours? Listen to this. My heart is breaking as I remember how it used to be. Some of you are in that place this morning. Maybe you've been to Desperation Conference. Maybe you went to Coram Deo at the end of last year. Maybe you had an encounter with Jesus months or even years ago, some of you. And you're literally in this place. My heart's breaking at 
where it used to be, God, I used to be plugged in. And I used to be, I mean, just all in whenever it came down. I used to have a quiet time. I used to do all these different things. My heart is breaking as I remember how it used to be. I want to kind of give you a visualization. The name of this drama is, or this visualization is stood up again. You can put your notes down right where you are and just kind of listen in as we go through this. sits by himself at a table for two. The uniformed waiter appears at his side. Would you like to go ahead and order, sir? The man says. After all, he's been waiting since seven o'clock in the evening, almost half an hour. Uh, No thanks, the man says with a smile. I'll wait for her a little longer. How about some more coffee and water? Certainly, sir. The man continues to sit, his deep brown eyes gazing straight through the small candle in the center of the table. He allows the sounds of light chatter in the classy restaurant, the tingling silverware, and the mellow music to fill his mind for a minute. Dressed casually, jeans, nice sweater, he projects a handsome, welcoming image. You get the sense that he wants his companion to feel important, respected, loved yet he's not so formal as to make her feel uncomfortable having taken every precaution to make her feel at ease with him he still now sits alone the waiter returns to fill the man's glass and cup is there anything else i can get for you sir no no thank you the waiter remains awkwardly this time lingering at the table Something's tugging at his curiosity. At last, he gets up the courage to speak. I don't mean the prize, sir, but his voice trails off because he knows that this line of conversation could jeopardize his tip, if not his job. Go ahead, the man encourages, his voice strong yet kind. Why do you bother waiting for her? The waiter finally asks. You see, he has seen this man at the restaurant several other evenings, always alone, always patient, always waiting for a person who somehow has never shown up. Why? He says quietly, because I love her. She needs me. Are you sure? The waiter asks. Yes, the man answers. Well, sir, sir, no offense, but... But assuming that you do love her and that she needs you, okay, she sure isn't acting much like it. I mean, I can count three or so times just this week that she stood you up. A man looks down and winces. Yeah, yeah, I know. Then why do you still come here? Why do you still wait on her? Because she promised me, he says, that she would come here to meet with me. 
But, but she said that before the waiter protests. I mean, I surely wouldn't put up with it. I mean, all the time she stood you up. Why do you? Now the man looks at the waiter with a knowing smile. And again, he says, because I choose to love her. The waiter, puzzled, walks away, wondering how anyone could love someone so unconditionally who stands him up time after time in one week or how many months. That guy must be crazy, he decides. So from across the room, he turns to look again at the man who is pouring cream into his coffee cup. After staring for a moment into the liquid, the man brings the cup up to his mouth and sips silently, watching others around him. He doesn't look crazy, the waiter thinks to himself. I mean, maybe this girl has qualities that I just don't know about that makes her just super special. Maybe this man's love is stronger than most anybody I've known. The waiter, pulling himself out of his musings, moves to take an order from another table. Then our friend, setting down his coffee cup, recalls the many things he wanted to talk over with the young man who was to meet him. Had she shown up, or the young woman who was to meet him, had she shown up. But really, he was most looking forward to hearing her voice tell him about her day, the things that mattered to her, her triumphs, the good, the bad, her defeats, anything at all. Because anything that was important to her was important to him. So, yeah, she stood him up a lot of times before. But somehow, because he cares so much for her, he still can't get used to the hurt in his heart. Each time, it's still equally as painful. He'd so look forward to their appointment all day. He tried so many times to show her how much he cared about her. He just wanted to know that she was willing to invest in this relationship too. And she cared for him. So he takes another drink of the coffee, hoping somehow she'll come racing through the door, apologizing for being late. Something had come up and spend some time with him. The clock slowly passes. Finally, at 9.30, the waiter returns to the man's table. Still, one empty chair, he notices. Sir, it, it's 9.30. Can I get anything for you? No. I think that'll be all for tonight. May I have my check, please? Yes, sir. As the waiter leaves, the man again picks up the check, pulls out his wallet. He has enough money to have given her a feast tonight in that trendy restaurant. But he takes out only enough to pay for a few cups of coffee and the tip. And in his mind, he says, why? Why'd you do this to me again? He slowly gets up from the table. Goodbye, the waiter says to the man as he walks towards the door. Good night, he says to the guy. Thanks for your help. You're welcome, sir, says the waiter softly. As he can't help but notice the hurt in the man's eyes that his smile somehow does not hide. The man passes a laughing young couple on his way out and his eyes fight not to fill up again as he thinks oh, it could have been him and her that night. He stops at the front and makes reservations with the lady at the desk for tomorrow night because maybe 
just maybe she'll show up. Maybe she'll show up. Seven o'clock tomorrow for a party of two, the hostess confirms. That's right, the man replies. Do you think that she'll come? The hostess says softly. The hostess doesn't mean to be rude, but she has watched the man so many times sit at his table for two all alone. Someday, yeah, she will come and, and I'll be waiting here for her. This is our favorite place to meet together. Once again, the man walks out of the restaurant alone. Across town, at the same time that the man is leaving the restaurant, his friend walks into her living room, tired. After a long day at school and evening hanging out with her friends, she sits down, reaches for the remote control. Oh, I forgot again, she mouths to herself as she sees the notes that she scribbled to herself the previous night. 7 p.m., spend some time in prayer with Jesus, she wrote. Well, as she thought, I'll do it tomorrow night. I mean, I'm tired and I stayed out kind of late and there's a good show on TV. I mean, I'll get to it for sure tomorrow night. Besides, she told herself, I needed some time with my friends tonight. I mean, I... And I need to get some sleep before I go to school tomorrow. I've got an early morning, got a big day, lots going on at school tomorrow. Tomorrow night, it'll be fine. Jesus, Jesus, he'll forgive me. I mean, he doesn't mind. After all, I'm not into legalism. God's a God of grace. It's not a big deal. As she sat there that night, she thought to herself, you know, it's kind of funny that I still, I still feel so, so very lonely. So as we prepare to close this morning, all of you can go on and stay into your feet. Just kind of wanted to end with that simple visualization of what, what that means and what it looks like whenever we don't show up for our time with Jesus, guys. You saw a guy just sitting here, Jonathan Wade, anxious, anxiously waiting, but patient. Didn't get mad, but was hurt. We saw the hurt in his eyes. We saw the awkwardness of sitting there alone. As you think about the title of this message, stood up again. I'm asking you, I'm challenging you. Don't stand him up again. Oh, we all have. We've all been there. I have been there. I have stood him up more times than I am really honestly wanting to admit. But the big thought for this morning Let's not stand Jesus up this week. And I know we portrayed this as a guy out on a date with a girl, but guys, you know what? He wants to be that brother. He wants to be that closest friend. He wants to be a father. So in the same way this guy's getting stood up on a, on a date, don't do it to your heavenly father. It hurts his heart. 
All of us have gone through hurts. You need to know it's a big deal. He sets time out. He is expecting for you to show up. And what's important to you is important to him. Every head bowed, every eye closed this morning. Jesus, in a cool way, make us lonely for you. Jesus, give us a secret, silent, running relationship, conversation with you in a cool way. Whenever we've gone days without talking to you, would you make us lonely for you, God? Lord, we can't even love you until you draw us, until you put the love of God on the inside of our hearts. We are totally dependent upon you. I pray that you bless these students this morning in the name of Jesus. Every head bow, every eye closed this morning. Gosh, if any of this message resonates with your own heart this morning, if you say, I have stood him up more times than I'm willing to admit, and I'm still kind of in the habit of just kind of standing him up. I don't want to do that anymore. I want you to raise your hand real high, real bold, right where you are. I'm, I'm tired of just standing him up, you guys. And we can be open and honest. Nobody is perfect this morning. Nobody's perfect. Just want to give you an opportunity to respond to that. Your hands lifted. I want you very quickly. We don't have a lot of time. It's two minutes. I want you to step out from where you are. Step down in the front. By doing this, you're just kind of saying, God, I've stood you up before, but I don't want to do that anymore, God. Because I understand the seriousness of showing up for my God time daily. I want time with Jesus. I want to be, I want, I want my heart to be made lonely for Jesus again. Come on, quickly move up here, you guys. And I want you to have just a moment with Jesus. I want you to have an appointment with God right here in this service, right here and right now. As we close with this worship course, here I am to worship. As we sing this one more time, would you just talk to Jesus? You can even pray that prayer. If we have that slide, you guys, I'm not, I'm not even sure if it was on the slide. In a cool way, Jesus, make me lonely for you. If we have that, put it on the screen. If not, y'all are so good. Jesus, give me a secret, running, silent conversation with you daily. And in a cool way, make me lonely for you whenever I've gone days without communicating with you. Let's just talk to him this morning as we close. So here I am to worship. Just tell him, God, say, God, here I am, Lord. I want to have quiet times with you. I want my heart to be made lonely for you, God. Even as David said, God, my heart is breaking as I remember how close I used to be with you, God. Thank you for drawing us back to you again, Lord Jesus. We thank you for your presence this morning, Lord. To worship, here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. You're all together lovely, all together worthy, all together pray for everyone that's at this altar this morning. Once again, let's lift our hands to Jesus, kids. Let's lift our hands to Jesus. Amazing sons and daughters. I want you to just pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, give me, give me a secret, silent, running conversation with you daily. 
in a cool way. Make me lonely for you whenever I've gone days without speaking to you. In Jesus' name, forgive me, Jesus, for standing you up. I don't want to stand you up again. I want to be faithful to you. In Jesus' name, amen. And over time, this doesn't look as attractive as it once did because you're fixing your eyes on the things of the kingdom. I'm just talking about a thousand that have a vision for their heart. They've got passion for God. They're leading intercession on their schools. They're set apart, consecrated under God. And they've got a vision and a mission for their life.